Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Mixed Bag coming to you live once again from the J Cave. I am joined as always by my good man Bill Murphy. What's going on, folks? So glad to have you back. By the way, everyone, just to remind everyone, we the best podcast. We the best podcast. We'd like to just start off by saying right off the bat, ha, huh, bat. We are also fair warning, everyone. Aaron Judge. I'm I'm just gonna say this as clear as I can. Aaron Judge, we're in New York. We're big Yankees fans. Aaron Judge is getting closer and closer to hitting his 61st home run. And so during the stream tonight, we're going to be watching the game while we're doing our live stream tonight. Full disclosure. So because we, we don't want to miss it. We're going to multitask our butts off tonight. Yeah. But, uh, but, hey, you know yeah. what that means? This is kind of a crossover between what? Super Review Show and Sports Insanity Network. It's, it's kind of a crossover once you think about it. That's crazy. That's crazy. So, yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. We're gonna be doing two things at once tonight for you folks. If you're not Yankee fans, we apologize. No, we don't. Yes, but tonight's topic, Bill. What is tonight's topic? We're continuing. Yes, sorry. No, we don't. But Bill, tonight's topic is okay. For the past couple of weeks, we've been doing this music through the decades. We're on part four about. Four, three weeks ago, we did the 60s. Two weeks ago, we did the 70s. Last week, we did the 80s. And tonight, we're doing the 90s. The decade that that your two hosts entered the world in. So, get your flannels on. Get your... Yes. Enter the world of the best possible... We'll talk about that in a little bit, but quite possible. Get your hair all crazy. Get your hair crazy, because guess what, JT? What's up, Bill? It's 90s night. Oh, is it 90s night? So, so it's funny. To start off the 1990s, I feel like the best way to talk about the, the early days of the 1990s, like 1999, 91, would be talking about the band that, whether you hate them or like them, they still change music to this day. We're going to be talking tonight, starting off tonight, we're talking about Nirvana. Okay, I have to say it. And Bill goes first. Go ahead. To say. Now, listen, if, you, if you've been watching this channel for a while and watching Mixed Bag, all our faithful viewers, you, we know who you are. We know who you are. We know who you are. Oh, yeah. You, you all know my opinion on Nirvana. I think they are one of the most, if not one of, if not the most overrated band. They, I think they're just super overrated. But I will say this. Even though as much as I think they're overrated, I cannot deny. I cannot deny that they changed music. Absolutely. I mean, when you think about the 1990s, it's hard to not think about Nirvana. I mean, despite Bill thinks over, I think they're, I don't think they're overrated per se, but I would say that Nirvana is one of these bands that is definitely like, they lasted four years. I mean, they had, they put up by two or three, I think, if not four albums, and that was it. But 
I mean, you, you, the genius of Kurt Cobain, personally, he, he, he was a genius for what he was. Dave Grohl has gone on to do great things with the Foo Fighters. And we'll talk about that next week. Yep. We hit the 2000s. We'll talk about that next week. Um, yes. But, so, but, um, but what do you got, Bill? No, no, I continue. I'm sorry. You're good. So Nirvana, it's funny. Going into the 1990s, ladies and gentlemen, we in for in terms of rock music, we're gonna touch on other genres tonight too. But going into the into the nineteen nineties with rock music, you actually start off with a lot of hair metal thriving in nineteen eighty nine to nineteen ninety. A lot of hair metal acts, uh, Warrant, uh, Rat, Poison, all these bands were doing really well. And then what happened? The nineties came and the nineties came and grunge. Because- was launched. Go ahead. Because grunge. Okay, here's what you got to know about. Okay, and before I begin, I'd like to give a shout out to my very good friend Vinny Levine because he always says this. He hates Nirvana. He hates grunge because grunge killed hair metal. It did. And and you know what? First, I want to say, you know, he is a good friend of mine. But you know what? I want to say this. Tastes change all the time in music history. They change. They do. Tastes change all the time, folks. They do. It, it's just the truth. I mean, it's almost like when people like it, the, the, the record company was like, all right. Well, let's this 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 unknown band from Seattle, Washington, known as Nirvana. I, I mean, they went on to literally change music history and like with one album with their Nevermind. So it's almost unfathomable. It's all, you, you almost can't even process what was going through back then, you know. And it's 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 like this. You got to think about it this way. Um. You got to think about it this way. Nirvana is, because with grunge in general, this is why grunge knocked off hair metal, because there's some historical context that needs to be known. Um, Because in the late 80s, going into the early 90s, you know, there was some instability. 1987 was actually the biggest stock market crash since the Great Depression. Yep. There was, which was famously called Black Monday. And Mm -hmm. then in the early 90s, the start of Operation Desert Storm, which really just led to a, which really just led to a great angst of the generation that was coming up. Yeah. That just led to a great angst of the generation that was coming up. And that was in the 1990s. Like, I I could be wrong on this. And if I'm wrong, I'll take the L. But this was actually the first generation that was projected to not have a better course of living than their, to not have a better standard of living than their parents. Yep. So that among the group, that among young people in those days kind of led to that angst and that anger. 
kind of is put out in that music. And you kind of feel like the mainstream is screwing you over. And you know what? Like with Nirvana, I'm I'm not just talking about hair metal. Like when Nevermind hit number one, who did it knock off? Yep, that's right. You can talk about it. It knocked off Dangerous by Michael Jackson. It took the number one spot on the Billboard 200 so quickly. Out of Michael Jackson, the king of pop. Who was, we were, we we talked about him last week when we talked about the 80s, but this, you know, they talk, like I said last week about Michael Jackson, he was the, at that time, he was the biggest star on the face of the planet. And this, no. at the time, little known band from Seattle knocked him off the top of, top of the charts. Yep. So that really shows you that grunge was getting in to the mainstream, which also I think eventually led to its downfall, but we'll talk more about that when we talk about other grunge bands, because we all know the big song that took everybody by storm from Nirvana. And what was that, my good man? What was the song that Nirvana took by storm? Smells like teen spirit. Okay, you know what? I think I, I got to say it because if I don't say it, JT, no one else will. I have yep, to say it. Ahead. Are you ready? Go ahead. Smells Like Teen Spirit is a song about nothing. Literally, it's about, about nothing. It's literally a song about nothing. What, yeah. What does it mean? What is it about? I honestly have no idea. I mean, the, the lyrics like here we are now entertain us i mean you, I, we, we could dig into the psychology but that'd, that'd be like a whole episode of mixed bag truthfully so coming soon psychology of smells like teen spirit yeah we'll do a one-shot video but anyway uh, it's okay i gotta admit the opening riff is pretty cool though it sounds like there's a new a new wave of people like being anger and anger and Full of aggression and stuff like that. So, oh, well, they said there was a deodorant called Teen Spirit, but Kurt Cobain said that had nothing to do with the song. Yeah, that had nothing to do with the song. And do you think you'd really want a song like that to be in an ad for your commercial, um, for your product? No, not at all. It'd be like a happy product, pan and out. Ah, so yeah, literally, yeah, but go like, like I said, um, Nirvana only lasted, Nirvana only lasted four years because unfortunately, in April of 1994. Kurt Cobain committed suicide. Yep. And that was the end of Nirvana. And like I said, as my, I'm not a huge Nirvana fan. I said they're one of the most overrated bands, but you cannot dec- deny the influence they had on music. You, you can't. I mean, they are widely regarded as one of the top best-selling artists ever. I mean, never mind, so like millions and millions and millions of copies. Yeah, and because, you know, with, and 
Should I save this point now, or should should I wait till when we talk about the end of grunge? What point is that? You might as well just say it now. Well, because you know what? Okay, the grunge lifestyle in itself is kind of a rejection of mainstream culture. It and really is. Basically like a counterculture, like what we saw in the 1960s with the hippie movement. Yeah. But, but you know what I think um, really like because Kurt Cobain hated the mainstream like he hated Smells Like Teen Spirit. Yep. He hated it. Like that that's why there is never a live recorded version of it. Yeah. That's why there is a never live recorded version of Smells Like Teen Spirit. Yeah. I mean, he 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 hated him. He really hated how successful he was, despite having tons and tons and tons of success. Because I remember watching a documentary years ago, and he said like the thing he hated was these are his words, not mine. Yuppies driving around in BMWs listening to his music. Right. Exactly. And I think. At the end of the day, Nirvana and these some of the other bands we're going to talk about. Yeah. They became what they despised. Yeah. The, the, what Bill's trying to say is that they didn't want any part of the mainstream success, and yet there they were selling millions of records. It, it's it's kind of like a, like a ironic thing to how they actually just like, hey, you know, we uh, we're here. And we're gonna we're not we don't want to sell any records we don't want mainstream success we we want to fight it and Pearl Jam did that too. we're gonna touch on Pearl Jam in a second but they kind of did that too but they kind they of denied like their Pearl success and yet they got it. all the success in the world which is crazy so but in a way and I know we're gonna be talking about Pearl Jam in a second but Pearl Jam so unlike Nirvana Pearl Jam kind of embraced it. They kind of embrace their mainstream success. JT, you there? Hello? Hold on, Bill. Hey, Bill. Hey. Yeah, so what I was saying is is, you know, like Pearl Jam, unlike Nirvana, they kind of embrace their mainstream success, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I, I would say so. I would say so. Let's actually go into Pearl Jam for now. Nirvana, we touched, Nirvana, we touched on before on our overrated musical artist discussion. Let's let's jump over to Pearl Jam for a second, right? Yeah, but you know, you want to know something, though, and this can what? kind of, this can kind of touch on both of them right now. Kurt Cobain did not like Eddie Vedder. No, uh, Eddie Vedder has gone on record and said that yeah, Kurt Cobain did not like me so because he said he thought he said he thought Pearl Jam was fake grunge. Yeah, and he later apologized, but yeah, but you know what, Pearl Jam, unlike Nirvana, I think they kind of embraced their mainstream success. At, at one point or another, they actually did. It's funny they. We're gonna get to another. I want to get to another band in a minute that in a little bit that had that had tons of success in the 90s, but 
We're going to touch on them in a sec, but Pearl Jam, it's funny. Their debut album is 10 with all of their most recognizable, most successful songs on it. Tell about this or not, but I, I, I might not have told you this, but uh, basically, I was having this conversation with my dad about how there's a feud between Motley Crue and Pearl Jam right now. I'm not sure if you heard about this. Uh, Mo- uh, Eddie Vedder came out recently and said, hey, out of all, because he said, because they were huge after hair metal. You know what I mean? Yeah. So Eddie Vedder said that, hey, that whole Sunset Strip, girls, 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 kicks from my heart. Like all that, like type of, that type of said, like it's not, not for him. Whereas Pearl Jam's 10 was like the complete opposite of that and became like mainstream. What he, what he meant by that was he brought up the song Girls, Girls, Girls by Motley Crue, which we talked, a little, we talked about it last week on. Um, but the song Girls, Girls, Girls is about like strip clubs and sex left and right. It's about that. That's what that song is about. It's about like, you know, if you listen to it, they, they literally, Motley Crue listed off of like tons and tons and tons of strip clubs in the song and stuff like that. Whereas Eddie Vedder's and the lyric writing on 10 is some of the best lyric writing I've heard in, in general. Cause you know, it's dark, deep, dark stuff. It doesn't really, it's not the same style of writing where it's like, you know, Oh, flashy glam, whatever. It's more like, it's more serious lyric writing. Like, and one of the songs, I think it's on alive or no, it's on black. So I'm thinking on project 10 Eddie Vedder finds out that his dad, it's not alive on the song alive. You find out that his dad is not his dad was not his biological dad. It's actually his stepfather. He found that out. I think it was in um in Alive. That's the that's the meaning of that song. Whereas that's a completely different style from you know Kickstart My Heart and Gross Car Gross. What are you gonna say, Bill? Yeah, wait, wait. Alive. That's like oh, I'm still alive. That song. Yep. Yeah, yeah that one. That one's about Eddie Vedder's father not being his real biological father. Yeah. Or um. You know, or the song, which is probably one of my favorite Pearl Jam songs, the song Jeremy. Jeremy's walking class today. That song? Yeah. I, you know what that's about, right? I I love Jeremy. What is that? I love that song. What is it about? It's about, so I think it's about a kid who's going to shoot up his class, who shoots himself in front of his class. I... Don't remember that part personally, but I mean, I, I could be wrong. I, I haven't looked up, I haven't looked up the lyrics to Jeremy in a long time. Yeah, but, but um, anyway, but no, what you were saying, like the girls, 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 it really shows you like the difference between the, again, between hair metal and grunge. Hair metal yeah. was a, it is nothing but a good time. Yep. And girls, girls, it was just like, oh God. Vinny is going to kill me for saying this. He he really is. With that, Bill. It's a, a hair metal is a big stinking hunk of 80s cheese. It's like it's all about the party, really, if you think about it. It's no, I love 80s hair music, but it's just cheesy, fun music. Yeah, you you, you don't go to it for like deep lyrical thoughts, you know? Yeah, but but grunge, like I said, it's based on anger. It's based on angst. It's based on, you know. 
like it's rage based on anger. Thing. It's based on angst. It's based on serious topics, like with Pearl Jam, with you know, yeah, like you know, the song "Alive." When he finds out that his the man who he thought was his biological father is actually his stepfather, you got to admit that's I don't want to say traumatic, but it's pretty earth shattering. Yeah, it is. It one hundred percent is, and truthfully. Uh, going back to what I was trying to say before, but between like Motley Crue and Pearl Jam, like going at it. Honestly, my own my own personal opinion, if you, if you would ask me, and uh, hey, if you presented this article to me and say I'm more of a Pearl Jam fan personally, because I'm of the I'm I'm of like the opinion that Motley Crue is very much overrated. Personally, I mean, I, I like three songs by them, and that's about it. I'm not like the biggest Crue guy. I would say, you know, they and plus we can talk about this for a sec too. But I mean. Basically, and then Nikki Six came out and said, "Oh well, Pearl Jam is boring. You don't have much intellect, in my opinion. If you're going to call a song about your stepfather being your your biological father being your stepfather boring, that's a pretty serious topic. It's not boring personally, but that's my interpretation. I'm not a big crew guy. But because, like but, I said, um, JT with that song, like real life hypothetical here." How would you react if you found out that your biological father, your biological mother, was actually not your biological mother or father? I'd be angry, and I, I would probably make some music like Pearl Jam. And, and you know, it's the thing is, it's like, you know, because, again, Motley Crue, they were in that, you know, girls, girls, just having a good time. And, well, yeah, grunge was, tr- listen, I may not be the biggest grunge fan, but, you know, I would say, uh, I would say, of the grunge bands, I probably like Pearl Jam the most. Yeah, I agree. I'm not a huge Pearl Jam fan. Like, if you invited me, JT, to see see them in concert, I'd go. Um, okay, good, good uh, to know. Just saying. Oh, you're putting that. You're you're taking that note, aren't you? Um, next time they're in the garden, we'll go. Bill and JT live from the garden. Yeah, super visual Instagram podcasting Pearl Jam. What are you talking about? Eddie Vedder, come on. Yes, exactly. But anyway, um, yeah. but you know what? There is one thing that kind of makes me uh, scratch my head about Mr. Better. What's that? He's good friends with Roger Waters. Oh, we might we might have to uh, not have him on the podcast after all. Because I mean, aside from like what we said about Pink Floyd in the past, Roger Waters is not a good person whatsoever. We both know that for sure. You know what they say? Uh, there's an old quote. It goes like this. A man is judged by the company he keeps. But that is true. But anyway, but yeah, but the, getting back to the Motley crew, but like, it's just like, you know, a grunge touch on those serious topics. You know, yeah. it was coming out of those, you know, because I was watching a thing on YouTube about how grunge killed hair metal. I want to say it was Brett Michaels or someone else. Who yeah. said, you know, it just grunge just was so angry. And it was just like, I hate everything. I hate my parents. I hate the world. Yeah. And a lot of the songs on Pearl Jam's 10 amplify that kind of stuff. Yeah. But you know what my favorite Pearl Jam song is? You said Jeremy, right? Well, well, that's number well, one of them, but you know what it what it is also? What? Can't find a better man. No way, that's my favorite too. JT, guess what that means? What does that mean? One, two, three. We swiped right. Wild. 
It's been a little while since we swipe right, my guy. But Better Man by Pearl Jam. My God. Great Can't song. Find a better man. So good. So good. Can't find a better man in. <laughs> Can you find a better nope, man with Eddie Vedder? Uh, Eddie Vedder, by the way, I, I'm a big Eddie Vedder fan. I love him. I think he's. I think he's a very talented guy, truthfully. So, and what? Well, well, one more thing I want to touch on, as far as like the hair and metal grunge debate. Um, personally, and this is just my own two cents. Um, regard. It's funny. John Bon Jovi was a, once asked something about how like when grunge came along and how it cannonballed so many hair metal bands um to it, it catapulted so many of them like to uh, it took like big hits and stuff like that uh how like they survived grunge as a band bon jovi did how they evolved into other things as well which is i i, I applaud john for doing 100 no matter what but i will say this john but john bon jovi said something very interesting he said if you can find this interview on YouTube, look it up. It's in the description link of one of our videos. I think it's called How Bon Jovi Survived Grunge. I mean, but he basically said when grunge came along and it rewrote the system, it changed the rules and all this stuff, the best remained. And we're gonna, this is a big thing of tonight because think of all the grunge bands that got signed on the coattails of Nirvana and Pearl Jam, and they're no longer here. Soundgarden is no longer here. Nirvana is no longer here. The only really big band. From that era that's still around today is Pearl Jam, which I applaud. I love Pearl Jam, but I will say, you know, it's funny how they were talking about how the, the next Bon Jovi album after 1988's uh, New Jersey was Keep the Faith, which was more of a socially conscious Bon Jovi, but but not chasing grunge. He was not chasing not chasing the fads and the fashion. Motley Crue released an album that sounded like a grunge album. Kiss did the same thing. Um, Def Leppard did the same thing too. Guns and Roses and Bon Jovi. Did not do that, and they th- thrived in the nineties with the Use Your Illusion you One and Two and other stuff like that too. Well, because also, to I'm be sorry, honest, go yeah, go ahead. No, because also here's a fun fact: is Axl Rose and Kurt Cobain hated each other. You know, I'm starting to think Kurt Cobain hated a lot of people. Um, I'm sure he did, but let's just be real about that. But anyway, um. No, Axl Rose and Kurt Cobain hated each other because they got into a um, what you call it? They got into a fight at the VMAs. Yep, yep, yep. That's right. Because there was a whole thing that that they Guns and Roses offered Nirvana to open for them on tour, and Nirvana turned said no. And at the VMAs backstage, Kurt was there with Courtney Love. And Axl Rose, Courtney Love said something to Axl Rose, mouthed off to Axl Rose. And then Axl Rose said, hey, Kurt, keep your wife in line. And then that erupted into a fight. And yeah, punches exactly. were thrown. Yeah, Axl Rose, I mean, I, I saw Guns N' Roses live. They're, they're very much like, they, they were the bad boys rock in the 80s and 90s, but for sure. But Axl Rose, was he, he, he's changed a little bit, but he, he was a terrible in the 80s, he was terrible. Um, that's a whole other conversation for another time. Yeah, but anyway. But yeah, but yeah like, but because, you know, I think because bands like Bon Jovi and Guns N' Roses, because they, they stayed true to themselves. They didn't try to be like another grunge band. 
which which I found to be really that's one of the reasons why I love Bon Jovi to this day. That's one of the reasons why I love um Guns N' Roses and other other bands like even prior to you know like even Def Leppard to some extent survived grunge. I mean they could sell it anywhere too. Um they did make a grunge album ish called Slang and I, I was not a fan of it, but then they came back with Euphoria and that was great. But um John Bon Jovi this is I know we're gonna have a lot of tangents here, but John Bon Jovi said he said don't he he has always tried to not follow fans and fashions. He wants to chart his own path. That's, that's what he did. Um but bottom line though, the whole grunge hair metal debate thing, truthfully, uh, that, that that could be another video. But um, honestly, I'm a fan of Pearl Jam. I like Nirvana, and there are plenty of other bands that got signed on there. Uh, like Allison, we're uh, we're not going to go into all depth of them because I, I don't know. I'm not super familiar with them. But Soundgarden, Allison Chains, Jane's Addiction, they kind of fit that like late, mid to late '90s vibe of like. Uh, it's an early to mid, early to mid grunge alternative rock vibes as well, which is cool. So yeah, because you know what? Speaking of the um, speaking of um, what you call it um, of Alice and Chains, since, since we're not going to get really to much detail, I do have a funny story though. Um, when I was away last month, what's up? When I was away last month, okay, I'm going to be honest. I was at a casino. There, I was honest with you folks. Um. And my dealer, I was at a roulette table, and the dealer, I'm playing roulette, and he's like, and he's like going, and he's like handing out the chips, and going, wow, 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 so he's like, anyone who's not a Gen Xer is not going to know that song. I'm like, eh, it's Pearl Jam. I go, no, it's not Pearl Jam. I'm like, okay, I know it's not Nirvana. Go, no, it's not Nirvana, but I won't count that against you. Um, he said, I'll give you two more guesses. I'm like, damn it. Like, I'm thinking, I've heard that song before. Like, have you ever heard, heard had that, JT, where you've heard, you're like, I know that song. Yeah. I know what that song is. I've heard it. I just can't think of the name of the band. Right, and then I'm like literally, and he's dealing, and like it's like wow, wow, and it's going through my head. I'm like, damn it, I know, I've heard, I know, I've heard this song before. And then he goes, that's why they call it grunge. I'm like, yeah, okay, so then I'm done at, at the table. I'm like, okay, I'm done. Like, okay, buddy, have a good day. And if you find out the name of that song, come find me. And and like literally, when I was prepping for this the other day, and this song came up, I'm like. Man in the Box by Alice in Chains. That's what the song is. Yep. Man in the Box by Alice in Chains. So, uh, Albert, if you're watching, yes, I found out the song. And you always put me in the nut house because I had that song running through my head for days. Oh, my God. Thanks, Albert. <laughs> Thanks, Albert. Um, any other comments at all for grunge and how the 90s turned out for hair metal and stuff like that before we go into our next, our next, um, our next artist? Um, you said you said we're not really getting into Soundgarden or all the rest of them. You said I just I, I'm not full disclosure. I, I I like them. I'm just not super familiar with them. Yeah, honestly. me neither. I know the black hole sun won't you come wash yeah. away the pain. And Chris Cornell was a genius as well. I mean, he was a great guy. Yeah, he's gone way too soon. Um, very soon. And 
Yeah. You know what? You know what I noticed when I do an impersonation of all grunge artists, I, I make them all sound like Eddie Vedder. Have you noticed that? And Eddie Vedder set the tone, man. I make them all sound like Eddie Vedder. And Eddie Vedder's a great. I love you, Eddie Vedder. Just letting you know, he's he's incredible. Yeah, but um, but yeah. So no, I really got nothing else to say about grunge. All right. Um, I want to. So that's gonna do it for us with grunge. Let's talk a little bit about alternative rock in general. All right. Okay. Let's shift gear. Let's shift gears. Did now we didn't we did not talk about this band last week because we talked about the 80s. This is a band that formed in the 80s but got but got huge success in the 1990s. When you know what that band is? REM R.E.M. The band R.E.M. Uh, one second. I got to type in the dots. Uh, R.E.M. is a band that I. Oh, that's a band. R.E.M. is a band that I listen to almost on a daily basis, at least now. Hear me out for a sec, ladies and gentlemen. They, they started out in the 80s and like they formed in 1980 they're one of the earliest alternative bands out there they were part of the new wave sound in the 80s and then they kind of defined their own sound in the late 80s with uh into what we now know as losing my religion uh shiny happy people man on the moon like some of the early 90s but what's the frequency kenneth crush with eyeliner they had a lot of success in the 1990s truthfully they they were one of the biggest bands of out there are you a fan what was that? Are you a fan of REM? Do you like their stuff? I like it. I like a couple of their songs. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I like Man on the Moon. I like Man It's the, the End of the World as We Know It. That song is in my top 25 favorite songs of all time. I know. You played through a good chunk of that list when you and I were going to see Michael Buble on the way there and the way back. Yes, correct. Because I, I wanted to educate you on my list. But... The- Part of the reason was because I never heard anything like it, or this is before then or since then. I never heard anything like that before or since. So uh, Peter Buck's guitar playing is incredible too. No, I agree. I mean, Michael Stipe is a great vocalist. I actually almost met Michael Stipe, but the Elton John show that I tell you about that. Yeah, and your aunt said, "I don't know him. Don't talk to him." Yeah, my my aunt who who actually works for Elton John, she's like, "Don't." Talk to him. I don't know him at all. I said, okay, sure. But he was standing right behind me talking about the stock market. But I was like, all right, that's pretty cool. I would have just turned around and said real quick, hey, Mr. Um, Stipe, I'm a, big, I'm a big fan. Thank you. She would have killed me. She, I, I had to be a goody two-shoes on that one. So <laughs> You could have met Michael Stipe. Yeah. yeah. Hey, JK, it's that. me, uh, Michael Stipe. I just want to say, uh, don't worry about it. Uh, I, I understand. Uh, not a lot of people know me. Thank you. And uh, I just want to say, Bill's a great guy. He's awesome. <laughs> and uh, don't forget to listen to my new album, which probably doesn't exist. It probably um, doesn't exist. Now, because I think I may have told you this story before. Um, not getting political, but um, a few years ago when Bernie Sanders was running for president, he was over at a local college. I didn't go, but Michael Stipe endorsed him and he was there campaigning for him. 
And my friends who went said, oh, my God, I just wish he would get up and do a song or something. But now he just spoke. And I want to say he introduced Bernie, but I could be wrong. But he said, I wish he would have played like it's the end of the world as we know it or something like that. But um, now REM is, you know what it is? It's like the best way to describe their music is sort of black comedy. And what you I mean tell. by that is like their lyrics, like take it's the end of the world as we know it. Yeah. Like it has a good upbeat melody, but the lyrics are kind of dark. It's just all of this is just a list of people, like stuff that happened to them. You know what I mean? Yeah, but you know, saying it's the end of the world well, that, as we know it. Like the, it has the, that's the chorus. I mean, but if you look at the verses, it, it, if you look at the up, yeah. If you listen to the chorus, it's kind of dark, saying it's the end of the world as we know it. But guess what, JT? What? I feel fine. And that was like the official anthem of 2020. Yes, I feel fine too. That was like the official anthem. It even anthem reached Spotify viral 50. What was that? It even reached Spotify's it even reached Spotify's viral 50. Oh, in 2020? Yeah, in, in their top in 2020, yep. Because you know why? Because everybody was thinking it was everybody the end of the world. Yeah. As we know it. And I don't feel fine. But uh but yeah. So, with an earthquake. So yeah. I will you know you know what I losing my religion yeah, is actually so, about? They're so good. What it's actually about a breakup. It has nothing to do with religion or theology. It actually has to do with a breakup. I said too much. What is it about, Bill? What was that? This is Ben. With Bill. What is it about? I said it's about a breakup. It's about a breakup? Yeah, it's about a breakup. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, it's about a breakup. So there's an interesting fact to impress your friends at parties with. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. So bottom line, REM, check them out if you haven't heard them. All right. So next one. Uh, look, I want to talk about a band that had their major label debut in 1994. And uh, Bill, do you have the time to listen to me whine? I do about, have the time to listen to you why About nothing and all, everything all at once? And you know who we, who we should dedicate this to? We should dedicate this segment to... Dr. Matt Hemsley, our biggest fan. Because he's actually show. a big Green Day fan. I am too. I, I, they are. They're great. They're great in concert, the I, I heard. You said it. I, okay. 
full disclosure, I, I, I enjoyed the performance, but I, my expectations were way too high. Do you have the time? Their songs went over great. Like all, every song was was received well by me, but as far as like the greatest performance, I would not say it's like the greatest thing ever. I mean, they were incredible. That they weren't like a, it's like oh, I saw Green. So just saying, but Green Day, they revitalized uh pop punk in the 1990s they did with this album dookie yeah for a while because pop punk was not really in existence for a long time and then dookie came out and everyone's like oh my god what is this you know oh absolutely it's funny i i, I was up in boston for that aerosmith show bill Mm-hmm. And I was talking to um my, my, my family up there, and I, 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 wait, you have family my, up in Boston, JT? My my uncle's a big rock guy. He's he, wait, you have you have family up in Boston? I have family, so I bet this is I do. The, I bet this is what your reunion was like. JT, it's so wicked awesome to see you. Just pack your car. It was kind of like that, yes. But not entirely. So wicked awesome. Okay. It was, uh, it was pretty to, cool. God, the apology tour starts. Uh, I'd like to apologize to the people of the great state of Massachusetts. I am very sorry. But remember, they're going to the playoffs, and you're not. Thank you. Oof, take that, Red Sox. Just fine, saying. I apologize for that too. You're fine, Bill. But you look, know what? Bon- I think we should just move on before I'm banned from the state of Massachusetts. Um, oh God. All right. So Green Day's Dookie, though. Uh, I was listening to a classic rock radio station up there with my uncle, and he's like, and he said, I said, why Green Day doing classic rock radio? He's like, oh, it's classic rock now. I said, excuse me. He said it's been it's been like what twenty five almost thirty years now. I would call Nirvana Pro Jam Green Day classic rock. I said, huh? That's it. It's been a, been a long time. It has been a long time. But yeah, that, that's the big debate now. Rock now, classic rock has been so long since then. I would say they're getting close. That doesn't have to be so long. That is a very interesting point. Yeah, it's, it's been like ye- literally two, almost two and a half decades, almost three decades since this album came out. And we're still listening to Basket Case, Longview, Welcome to Paradise, stuff like that. So that was actually, um, that was actually my, the first Green Day song I actually listened to. Which one? Basket Case. Oh, really? Okay. I mean, um, it, it's, it's it's arguably their best song. It's like their signature song of the '90s, personally. But that's me. Because my friend, um, okay, I think I may have about like been eight or nine or maybe ten. But yeah, my my friend was like, "Hey, have you heard this band called Green Day?" I'm like, "No." And, and they say, the, "Okay, okay, guys, you got to know. When you're a kid, this is like a big thing. They say the 
F word. When you're that young, you think that's like the biggest thing ever. Like they say the F word. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, well, that's cool. Because again, me being a kid. And if I said that, if I said that around my parents at that age, I probably would, I probably would be grounded for life. Nah, I'm just, I'm so kidding. But anyway, but yeah, but um, no, with their hit in the 90s and then even into the 2000s with American Idiot and all that. And yeah, so Green Day. But you know what? Because you know what Dr. Matt Hemsley told me? Um, what? There are actually, and these are people that annoy me, there are actually punk purists who say, oh, Green I've Day heard, is not real punk. I've heard about this. Okay, you know what? I hate purism. I really do. Like, dude, guys, shut up. Seriously. Oh, but they're not real punk. Like the Sex Pistols. Uh, guys, it's music. Relax. Oh, but JT, we are the elites of music. We know what we're talking about. Oh, we're so great. Now, now we're going to sit here and drink expensive liquor and whilst we get drunk and talk about how wonderful we are. <laughs> and we're going to listen to The Clash and the Sex Pistols, not Green Day. <laughs> I don't yeah, think I mean, those elites talk like that. No, I, I don't. I don't think they do. That's me. You never know, though. They could you be a bunch know. of British, a bunch of stuffy British guys sitting around. It might be. Who knows? Yeah. Um. But um. Yeah, Green Day. I mean, they got their start in the '90s, and they had a lot of success since then. So they did. They're still a relevant band today. Yeah, like I said, I like them. Yeah, I like them too. I mean, I think they're 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 they they have a, they're they're in a band that plays really well together too. That that's one of the biggest highlights of their show is that they play well together. They're a very tight band, as opposed to what some bands are just sloppy, in my opinion. Like not in a bad way, but like they they, they don't like the reason why I say like certain artists are, are incredible shows because they 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 play well together. And they they don't take breaks in between songs like like a break between this song and that song. I mean, it fits for the show. Like one of the things I liked about Green Day was they actually, and one of the things I love about Bruce Springsteen shows, truthfully, is that they keep they, they keep the the sound going. They, they, there's no stopping at all. It's crazy, which I, which I liked about their performance too. So, do you have a time to listen to me? Why? Oh yeah. And by the way. Only nine more days and we can wake up Billy Joe Armstrong. Oh, God. We'll talk about that in the 2000s. No, oh, 2000s. Yeah, that, that, out, that, that song came out in 2005. Yeah. What, which, which album was Good Riddance Time of Your Life on? Uh, that was Nimrod in 1997. And we've talked about that on Misinterpreted Song Lyrics. Yeah, we don't have to go into that, but that's yeah, that's a really that's in my top twenty five. That's at number twenty five. So it's the song I was born to. 
literally. Well, it was what was it number one on the day you entered the world? It was just playing on the radio on the way to the hospital. It's like, all right, cool. I'm associated with Green Day now. Hey, that's not a bad thing. No, not at all. There's worse bands to be associated with. Yeah, well, it's funny. Well, it's funny. The, the month September of 1998, which I was born October of 98, it's coming up. September of 1998 was uh, Aerosmith. I don't want to miss a thing. Was the number one song in the world. Another band you were born with, basically. I was practically born in Aerosmith fan too, if you think about it. So, which is pretty funny. But I uh, put up bottom line: Green Day started out in the 90s. Still they are one of the world just overall and from start to finish so um that's really it as far as rock goes uh did you want to touch on did you want to go into other genres at all or what do you want to touch on other artists and stuff like that what do you want to touch on yeah didn't you say you wanted to talk about hip-hop yeah, I'll touch on some of the hard, some artists that I like. So, bottom line, there are some 1990s artists. As far as you've been listening to us or watching us for any period of time, we primarily talk about rock and roll. Any any extent. But I will say this. 90s hip-hop is far superior and better than anything that came out from 2002 and up. As far as hip-hop. I mean... Jay, with the exception of Eminem and Jay Z, that's really it. My, my love of hip hop is the '80s and '90s. I'm not a fan of modern day club banging or EDM or hip hop from anything that was mainstream from like 2004 and up. As far as like dance music and hip hop goes, and R and B, I'm not a fan of any of it. So let me preface by saying that. But naughty by nature. Is an incredible. They were, they had a, you know, they play that song in the Yankee. Hey, oh, hey, oh. They are awesome. OP. I'm not going to say it on air, but they, Naughty by Nature is one of those hip hop groups that just is incredible. They, 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 some of the best hip hop out there. It was kind of the start of gangster rap in a sense. I don't know if you ever knew about this, Bill. No, Naughty I did by, not know that. Naughty by Nature was the start of like the 80s was like fun rap, 90s was like gangster rap, which was like Naughty by Nature, Coolio, Vanilla Ice is Ice Ice Baby. Anyone? Dun 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 dun. You know? dun, 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 dun. Stop it! Stop! Like boosters, Ice Ice Baby. Dun 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 dun. dun. Yeah, totally. Ice Ice Baby. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just under pressure me. by Queen. Um, Naughty by Nature is, is in there. Uh, I would say Tag Team. For those of you who know who Tag Team is, good for you. Tag Team, back again. I'm not going to start doing it, but it's like, it's like, whoop, there it is. Whoop, whoop there, there it is. is. That is from the 90s. Uh, let's also talk. Um, they were more the 80s, but we could talk, we could, Run DMC was pretty big still. For a long time, Run DMC was they were the 80s, but they had some success in the early 90s as well, which was great. But they 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 led Zeppelinized hip hop, truthfully. A lot of 90s artists influenced influenced by them as well. I actually got to meet Darren McDaniels too. Yeah, he's a comic book artist now, right? Yeah, DMC himself is an is now a comic book 
this and he does he goes to comic-con of like the the like the beat driven stuff like i mean like modern hip-hop is or like the trap beat crap that that's out there it's, it's terrible stuff in my opinion it's not even it's just talking mumble rap is not real rap in my opinion at all uh you want to get to know melodic rap and actually pioneering stuff run dmc naughty by nature coolio um um tag team you know that era of hip-hop is just that much better than anything out of today, truthfully. Uh, even um, oh god, who was it? I, I know Coolio sung Gangsters Paradise. You know that song? You know that song? Like, um, yeah, I do. You know, yeah, uh, uh, um, he sung Gangsters Paradise. I'm trying to. Think. I got. I got to check. Fact check myself. One sec. There is a. I'm. Forgive me, everyone. I, I'm not like going into this conversation. I was like, I I, I thought I could do it off the top of my head. But I have some here. One sec, hold on. Who was it? It was um, the oh, the Beastie Boys had a lot of success in the 1990s. How can we forget them? Oh my God, House of Pain. Go, go, go. Mm, 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 yeah, mm. yeah. Ask mm. your mom, please, but she still says no. No, that was like 88, 89. That was awesome. Chris Cross's Jump. It takes two by Rob Bass. Come on. Uh, whoop, there it is. My tag team now that we found love by heavy hip hop, right? OPP gangsters, parrot so much in the past 20 years. Bismarcky, you're just a oh, friend. baby. You, you got what I need, you got what I need, yes. That song is goat status. Goat status. You hear me, all you Gen Z shitheads? Bismarck You're Gen Z too. Sorry, was it Gen X? What, what, what are they called? Millennials? Hey, I'm a, watch it, dude. I'm a millennial. What are the kids born from 2005 and up? I think that's Gen Z. All right, Gen Z, you guys suck. You have no idea what real hip hop is. I'm calling you all out right now. Bismarcky, Coolio, Vanilla Ice. This is real hip hop, ladies and gentlemen. This is real. Sorry, Patrick Mahoney, your Jizz World crap, your Juice World bullshit. Bismarcky, baby. I listen, full disclosure modern hip hop outside of Eminem and Jay Z, that's really like Kanye West. We, you know, he's terrible. But and Juice World, are you kidding me? The dude is dead. He's not a goat status person. He's dead. This marquee night. You want to get to know really good hip hop? Nineties hip hop is where it's at. Nineties hip hop is where it's at, ladies and gentlemen. You have like even um Tupac. Come on, man. And Biggie. And Biggie, dude, you gotta be out of your mind to say that Juice World is goat status. Juice World sucks. Can't you see? Don't you try to hypnotize me, Snoop Dogg? Anyone? Snoop Snoop Dogg. Snoop. Who let the dogs out? We talked about that at one point too. We talked about a lot of stuff at one point. Yeah, we're we're, we're never gonna run out of our. Because remember, we the best podcast. 
Well, look, old school hip hop is where it's at. We just DJ Khalid, whatever your name is. They the best music. There is so much great old school hip hop, like Tupac, Snoop Dogg. I mean, um, but yeah, like bottom line though, 90s hip hop is where it's at, ladies and gentlemen. This modern mumble crap that you hear on TikTok nowadays, it's all garbage. It is all the worst music out there today. You want to talk about true hip hop, tag team, vanilla ice, Tupac, Snoop Dogg. You want to talk about the best hip hop, Biggie? You want to talk about like NWA? NWA. Oh my God. How could we forget that? NWA. I'm not going to say what they're called, but because they were one of the most pioneering groups out there. Dr. Drake came out of there. Come on. Ice Cube came out of them. NWA. And hold on one sec, though. NWA. I'm not going to say what they're called because if you can put two and two together, they are pretty much what they are. So, NWA, ladies and gentlemen, is the most aggressive gangster rap groups out there. If you play any of their songs, you are straight out of Compton is a phenomenal album. Straight out of Compton is incredible, and it was a pioneering album. It took hip hop to the next level. I don't know if you knew about that, but but Ice T and Dr. Dre and all them, they, the, this this group NWA were unreal they were incredible and their music has it's very political it's very direct it's very derogatory and it's very against like certain groups and stuff like that but at the time it was very factual stuff so that's yeah like there was a but nwa go ahead bill there was a song by nwa it's called uh the police Yep, yep, that, that was a big song back then, yep. And and they and they were gonna and at a show in Detroit, the cops said, You play that, we're arresting you. And, and, and they ended up playing it, riot broke out, and they got arrested. Yeah, they don't they didn't care. Their music has progressed. You know, they had time. a message and they wanted people to hear it. And they're like, you play that, you're getting off the stage in handcuffs. And they're like, you know what? The cops said we can't play this, but you know what? We're going to play it anyway. Also, not only that, but not only NWA, but uh, but NWA and Public Enemy. Have you, do you remember Public Enemy? Public Enemy. I don't know if you, do, do, do you know what Public Enemy is? I've heard of them, but it I... takes a nation. Again, it takes a nation of millions to hold us back. They are you. You want to talk about? You want to talk about politicized rap and bringing a message to the mainstream and how aggressive and how violent lyrics can be? Public Enemy is the king of that. The king of that. In fact, Chuck D of Public Enemy, another phenomenal artist, Chuck D and Public Enemy, they were pioneers of the genre. Juice World ain't got nothing on that. Juice World's like a speck compared to this guy. And like people like Jay Z look up to Chuck D. That's where hip hop goes. Public Enemy, for those you who don't know, 
this album called it takes a nation of a nation of millions to hold us back this album outraged so many politicians so many parents because of the I'm gonna I'm gonna say this on here because I don't really care. But U2 X Radio, I mentioned this before. They they play Public Enemy a lot. They play like uh, Fight the Power and stuff like that. Bono and U2. U2 as a you know a, ba- a band has always been uh, has their eye on like how what what things should be like in, in their eyes. They had Public Enemy as their opening act for the Zoo TV tour in 1993. U2 had a rap group known as Public Enemy as their opening act. On that tour, on the Octane Baby Zoo TV tour. That's a you want to talk about a badass move. You two did that. It's just the truth. They brought what Public Enemy on their tour. You said Public Enemy was the opening act for you two in the 1990s. Public Enemy was the opening act for you two on their tour, and you two had to convince the the cops and stuff, saying like, "Hey." He's gonna be okay. It's just an act. Like the but the I hate to say this, but the police felt threatened having like in certain cities and stuff like that. You two were touring stadiums. Like, so they go to Florida, right? Or they go to Texas or whatever, they go to California, they go to New York. All of the cops on the security guards and stuff like that, they were, they were on duty, all had to be warned. Just one, you know, public enemy is gonna be a bring act. And we we we, we, we want to let you know about this ahead of time. That's you want to so people are like oh U two sucks well U two is one of the most badass they're one of the most badass bands on the planet because they didn't move like that that's incredible what they did they had they Bono told the story about how they had they had to tell they had to warn the people ahead of time hey public enemy is opening up for us we need to make sure that everything's everyone's okay and, and we had to reassure everyone about the promotion people with the press what was going on about how public enemy was the opening act. That's a little fun story for you. But Bono said one of the one of his one of the sixty songs that changed his life was "Public Enemies Fight to Power." Really, that was one of the that one, changed one the, the life. One of the sixty songs that changed Bono's life is "Public Enemies Fight to Power." He said it's a monster track. It dominates there, and you could. Think about you could think the song sucks. Our majority, like, are, are people who, like, who don't understand the message of a song. The message of the song is incredibly powerful, it's very politicized, but it's very, very powerful. It, it's about, like, you know, fighting the power. I'm not gonna get political, but it's, it's not fight the power. A very powerful song, fight the power of a public enemy. Well, because it, if it, you look at yeah, go ahead. A lot of these groups are from like the California type era, and you gotta understand oh no public enemies from long island but you gotta understand like with nwa who was from california and like going into the 90s you gotta understand like the racial tensions that were going on back then like with the with rodney king and the la riots oh yeah no of course and you know the racial tensions that were going on you have to listen to this type of music in historical context Oh yeah, if you put it into historical context, it makes more sense. It's more than just a song from the '80s or '90s. Much more than that. It's a, it's got it's got a lot of a heavy meaning to it. So, and the reason why they're called Public Enemy, 
Exactly. So Public enemy. Parents were outraged. Certain political people, I'm sure, Ronald Reagan was like, oh, shit, what do we do? But, um, okay, this was a time yeah. in the 90s when people were like, think of the children! <laughs> you know, the, that so lady they- from The Simpsons who always go, what's up with children like that happened a lot in the 90s yeah literally but jt we have to think of the children (laughs) you're funny okay now all right like i actually do have a group Uh, can we go back to rock for one second if you don't mind yeah 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 but bottom line if you haven't checked out 80s or 90s hip-hop but check it out Okay. You got. Okay, it's a band I actually really like from the '90s. Third Eye Blind. I knew you were gonna say that. Why did you know I was gonna say that? It was just in the back of my head at some point. Go ahead. You you talk about this one. Okay, I don't know like every single little thing about them, but you know their songs. You know, I love ju- I love Jumper. Oh, that's a good one. You know, wish you would step back from that ledge, my friend. You could cut ties with all the lies you've been living in. And JT, if you never want to see me again, I could understand. If you never want to see me again, I could understand. But anyway, um, but you know, you have you had um semi-charmed life, you know, do 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 do. Semi, semi time alive, and never let you go. Yeah, like it's sort of punkish type music. Would it's sort of punkish type music, but it's kind of like soft punk, as I would describe it. I don't know what you think, but I would say it's soft is it type of pop punk. rock. Or... I would say it is punk rock. I agree with that. That makes sense. Um, God, I, I can't really. I'm sorry, I can't give you a big doctoral thesis here. Um, oh, you're good, bud. You're good. But um, you know, like for instance, though, um, Jumper is actually about suicide. I didn't know that. No, like the the ledge. Wish you would step out from that ledge, my friend. You can cut ties with all the lies that you've been living in. And if you, yeah, like everybody has got a reason to say, put the past away. But yeah, um, really like that song. And yeah, I, I'm sorry. I really don't have much to say. I really don't. You're good. You're good. Um, okay. do, you want to switch, do you want to switch over to female artists now? Like um, uh, before we get to female artists, you know what we got to talk I don't know. Should we talk about female artists or should we get to boy bands? What do you think? Let's start with female artists and then we'll end on boy bands. Sound good? To show that chivalry is not dead, ladies first. Um, okay. We got to first give some context here. Britney Spears? Um, yeah. Before we... Okay. This was a time in the 90s when music was changing. JT, have you ever realized this? Like, the early 90s with grunge and hip hop, the music was really, um, the music was very angry. Have you noticed that? Yes. 
But once you get to like, yeah, we're going back to grunge here for a second, but, but, but like, here's what you got to think of. You know, in 1994, when Kurt Cobain committed suicide and then 1997, Soundgarden broke up. Have you noticed like the second half of the 90s, the 90s music kind of went to like this bubblegum pop sort of more happy sound? Yeah, it really did. It went from, ah, now we're all here, us, to, to, oops, I did it again. Yeah, okay, I feel like that's also, a, what was that? I feel like that's like a, a, that's like a music industry move as well. Grunge died and bubblegum pop music was in. And boy bands took over. But we'll get to boy bands in a second. Um. But but anyway, Britney Spears, okay, I, you know, last year she got out of her conservatorship from her father, but yeah, Britney Spears was in the 90s, Britney Spears was like huge. Like Taylor Swift today. You know, that's a really good way to put it. Jade, okay, Britney Spears was basically the 90, the Taylor Swift of the 90s. Yeah. Like, she was, her music was everywhere along with that other group we're going to be talking about soon. But, but anyway, um, but anyway, Britney Spears was, you know, oops, I did it again. Toxic and my favorite song, Hit Me Baby One More Time. Oh my god, J- what's wrong, JT? JT's out, like at the point, like, oh shit, we got to talk about this. Sort of, are you really at that point, JT? Uh, not really, but a little, <laughs> like. But, oh my god, we got to talk about Pearl Jam and Nirvana and NWA. Now we got to talk about Britney Spears and the Backstreet Boys. What this world's coming to. Um, but yeah. no, she was That's the right. queen of pop back then, basically. She was like I would say people like Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera were basically the female pop stars. Like, they basically picked up where Madonna left off. Yeah, exactly. Not that I'm saying she was as big as Madonna, but she she picked up where Madonna left off. Would you say that's a pretty safe bet? I would say so, yeah. So... Yeah, Britney Spears. Do you have anything to say about Britney Spears? Or I've never been really a fan of hers, but I, I I acknowledge that she was very big back then. It is guilty pleasure stuff. A lot of it is, yeah. It is guilty pleasure stuff. 90s pop. A lot okay. of 90s pop is, yeah. Yeah, next one, uh, Christina Aguilera. You go ahead. Okay. Um, 
do I really have to talk about her? Because I don't know a lot off the top of my head. Um, I mean, she had a couple of hits. I, I can't think of her songs off the top of my head, but I, I do know. Uh, I, mean, I think that song, You Are Beautiful No Matter What They Say. I think it was that one. Oh, yeah. Genie in a Bottle. And I know it was a, there was a feud between Even her and Britney Spears. I don't know if it was. Oh, wait, wait. Going back to Britney Spears for a second. She recently has a hit with Sir. Elton John. Called Hold Me Closer. Yep. It's funny that she just had a hit with Elton John. That is Ooh. like something you never thought would be, would be you now. That's never in 2022. They both have a hit. Never, never thought you'd see that collaboration as long as we live, didn't you? The world has gone mad, Bill. Now, if you excuse us, JT's gonna go cry in the corner. Um, yeah, literally, yeah, but yeah, so yeah, but you know, Brittany coming off her conservatorship, but yeah, Christina Aguilera, I'm gonna pull up some of her stuff. Yeah. You, you know we could talk about? Who? What was that? Janet Jackson? Do you know any other Janet Jackson or no? I'll be honest, not really. Uh, we can acknowledge her greatness though in the 90s she was huge she was huge in the 90s huge her brother had the 80s Uh, I don't know much about him yeah which is kind of funny how they both had like the different decades yeah like she um Oh, I'm just trying to find something here. Uh, okay, discography. For Janet Jackson? Yeah. I, I'm just not, I, I wanted to bring up, I wasn't sure if you had anything to talk about her, but. She had, um, she had a couple number one albums. All right. Couple number twos and two number ones. Now let's get to single discography. Like she. Okay, 80s, she had number four. Okay, we're talking about the 90s. She had a couple number one hits in the 90s. Escapade, Black Cat, Love Will Never Do Without You. Oh, yep, yep, yep. That's what the that's the way love goes. Again. Together again. So she had a couple number one hits in the 90s. Yeah, I mean, she had success, don't get me wrong. Yeah, she did. Like I said, her brother had the 80s, she had the 90s. Which yeah, is like, crazy how that actually worked out for her. And of course, I know this was a 2000s incident, but this famous incident. Which one? The Super Bowl halftime show. We don't have to talk about that. <laughs> we'll talk about it next week! We'll talk about that next week. Because it's in the 2000s! We'll talk oh. about that next week. I'm kind of scared, not gonna lie. Actually, we'll um, talk about it now. Um, just to scare JT even more. Okay. I think you were really young when this happened. I probably was. Yeah, because you're my brother's age, and he was like, I don't know, four or five when this happened. 
Um, Janet Jackson was playing the um, was playing the halftime show, and because this was actually a rain check, she was actually supposed to play the Super Bowl after nine eleven, but because of security concerns, she said, "I don't want to go out there." So they had you two replace her. But then two years later, she got her rain check back. Right. So anyway, she came on. And we're going to be talking about more him in a few. But but she came on and her and Justin Timberlake were singing the song, Rock Your Body. I'm going to rock your body. That song, into me. Dance with me. I'm going to rock you. And there, there's actually okay. a lyric that was like, I'm going to have you naked by the end of this song. And she ripped, and he ripped off a piece of her this. And the world of the country saw Janet Jackson's nipple. Oh, God, Bill. <laughs> no, that happened. That's Oh my god. All right. Well, I'm gonna have you naked by the end of this song. And he ripped off a piece of her cleavage and she's like, oh god. And I remember my mom's like putting my her hand over my eyes, like mm. and my yeah. parents like, what just happened? The start of the terrible halftime shows. <laughs> and then um the wardrobe malfunction, JT, the wardrobe malfunction. Oh good God. Um um, it all starts with the wardrobe malfunction. Yep. It all starts with the wardrobe malfunction. And then, and the F, and people were complaining like, no, tomorrow. I'm sure but that was. was in the 2000s. We're talking about the 90s. I just wanted to talk about that CJT squirm. Um, I'm squirming over here. I'm squirming. Okay. So, anywho. Um, you. Now I got that song stuck in my head. Okay. But yeah, um, yeah, I was talking about Christina Aguilera and then we talked about Janet Jackson. Yeah, we're having a uh, we're kind of all over the place right now, folks. Um all right. Okay, but anyway, Christina Aguilera, she did have a few. Okay, she did have a few um Okay, I'm pulling up her singles right now. She ha- oh, Genie in a Bottle, I knew that. Number one, What a Girl Wants. What a girl wants, what a girl needs. That song? Yep. Come on over, come on over, baby. Oh, God, I forgot she did that song. She did a lot. She was a big, big star in the 90s. Yeah, she was, and she had a feud with Britney Spears. I don't know if it was professional, if it was personal. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, the great female artist of the 90s. And now we got to move on to, and we are going to close with the big fad of the mid to late 90s. Boy bands. And um yeah, we'll talk about those two big ones in a second. But there's one band, um 
Okay, they they actually started in the 80s. New Kids on the Block. They did this during the 80s. What was that? They started the, now the, the new men on the block. <laughs> Sorry. Bada bing! You know who was actually in this band? Who? Donnie Wahlberg. Why well, don't I know that name? Mark Wahlberg's brother. Oh, of course. Mark Wahlberg was actually in the band for a brief time. Wow, that's crazy. Well, he had his own music career. Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. Good, good. Good, good Sleep sensation. Feel the vibration. Vibration. Do, do. Feel it. Feel it. Do you feel the vibration, JT? I do. Yo, it's about that time with the rhythm and the rhyme. Donnie D, put the crap. He's drug free. Put the crap up. But anyway. So, New Kids on the Block. You got the right stuff. You got the right stuff. Baby. Yeah. Your feet and there's... What's that other... God, I keep forgetting all this stuff. What was the other song that they... The other big song they have? Been a long time. I'm going to go crazy. I honestly can't think of that. I'm not that familiar with uh, the block. The block. Don't mock the block. Don't mock the block. Okay. Okay. I'll be honest. They were a little before my time. They were random. Damn it. I really can't think of anything right now. Okay. Okay. There's that other song. I know it's on the tip of my tongue. If you don't remember, that's fine. Okay, hanging tough was a number one hit. Step by step, step by step. Um, I'll be loving you forever. Um, yeah. So yeah, okay. I don't know much about New Kids on the Block, but okay, we got to talk about them. We 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 have to if. if we cannot not talk about the 90s without talking about them, JT. We, we really can't. No, we're not there yet. JT? Everybody! Who's that, though? Which one? Backstreet. Backstreet's back, baby. All right. Backstreet's back. All right! Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Oh, my God. We're back again. Um, that song still bops to this day. Actually, I'm not gonna lie. That is a freaking bop. I should just walk into a room of people from our generation and just, just randomly play. Everybody, rock your body right, cause back streets back. All right. Oh my god! Wave your hands out in the air. That wave around like you just don't care. Um, if you want a party, let me hear. Okay. Okay, since I was alive more around this than JT. Um, yeah. Um, the song. Okay, the Backstreet Boys were freaking everywhere. They were. They were freaking everywhere. 
like a lot not like you like you could not go to a radio station without listening to you are my fire the one desire believe in I want it that way. Tell that song me was why. like, ain't nothing but a heartache. That song was freaking everywhere. They're gonna see us. What was that? Yeah. Because I'm older than you, but that song it was still freaking, is. That, now that song was it's everywhere. But, um, but yeah, um, yeah, that the song that made the girls scream. It's like, okay, the boy bands. And JT, we talked about this before, like when we talked about the 60s, when we talked about groups like the Temptations and the Beatles. Yeah. Once you think about it, specifically, certainly the Beatles, they were sort of the first, they were sort of the original boy bands. Absolutely. They were sort of the original boy bands. Um, they really were. Yeah, you know, the boy band, but, you know, the, that boy band phenomenon kind of died in the 70s. Not died, but was on hold in the 70s. And then in the 80s, with new kids on the block. Like, I would say the Backstreet Boys picked up that mantle. And, you know, the songs that made the girls scream. Like, when you hear that, you are my fire, you hear, ah! <laughs> like, yep. I remember, like, years ago, and because I randomly had this on TV during the Miss Universe pageant, um, either Miss America or Miss Universe, they had the Backstreet Boys perform. And um, at the uh, show, like, first they did a video of, like, the, the, the women who were in the competition lip singing to I Want It That Way, and then the Backstreet Boys just showed up and those women just went absolutely nuts. Oh, and yeah. then, what was that? I said, oh yeah, but go on. And then, um, and then they came on stage later, they performed the song, As Long As You Love Me. And then, you know, the song, As Long As You Love Me. And then, and then they played, I Want It That Way. And that whole audience, ah! So okay, don't get me wrong. I really like I want it that way, but I gotta admit, I think it's slightly overplayed. A little bit. Just I like it. Thing. Don't get me wrong. I really like it. Yeah. My favorite Backstreet Boys song, and this was actually, I think, their first number one hit, but not a lot of people talk about it. It's a song called Quit Playing Games with My Heart. It's a good one. You know, quit playing games with my heart. But this band really, like I said, they really made their stamp on the 90s. They really made their stamp on the 1990s. Yeah. Like, they were freaking everywhere. They really were. You could not escape them. No matter how much you wanted to, you couldn't escape them. Yep. You really could not escape them. They were everywhere. 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 And now time to talk about their competitors. 
in sync. Here we go. Go ahead, Bill. Okay. I'll be honest, like growing up, I think I was more of an in sync guy than I was a backstreet guy. Um to me, I don't know now. I I kind of think like the backstreet boards probably had more hits. I would say so. But I did like I really do like in sync. You know, it's gonna be May. I really love the song Pop. Oh yep. If if you ever un- wonder why this music makes you high. I wonder if people were smoking pot when they heard that song. If you ever wonder why this music gets you high. I'm like thinking, JT, do you think people listen smoke pot when they listen to that song? Probably. Is it the music or the pot that's making you high? Definitely not the music. Maybe it's both. Maybe it's both. Remember, kids, don't do drugs. Don't do drugs, kids. Unless you live in certain states, then... (laughs) I'm just kidding. I don't encourage it. But anyway. um, And, of course, my favorite NSYNC song. Bye, 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 bye. Like, I was at the Yankee game a couple weeks ago. I don't know if you've noticed this, but when they do strikeouts, they play Bye Bye Bye. That's funny, actually, that they do that. And I was with my brother and his girlfriend. I must have embarrassed the poor kid. It'd be like, play it in the game for two. And I'm like, oh, ain't no, ain't no lie. No, I would be playing that for every strikeout. It's not bad. Yeah, it's a guilty pleasure song of mine. It really is. But, um, you know, but we all know who the big star who came out of that was. Which was? Justin Timberlake. Oh, of course, it's me. It's you, JT. It's you. Yes, I am the biggest success story from NSYNC. 100%. Yeah, well, I don't know if the other guys really. I think Lance Bass, he hosts like a satellite radio show now. All right. And uh, I don't know what happened to Joey Fatone guest starred on on Hannah Montana. I guess that's something. Yeah, it's something. It's not. And I know Lance Bass, getting back to him, was on uh, was on Dancing with the Stars. Yep. So I uh, guess. He goes, oh, I was in NSYNC. Are you? No, I'm not that guy. Crap. But, um, yeah, I think Justin Timberlake was really the only one who made it big, once you think about. Out of all of them? Yeah. Like, I'm sure they're, I'm sure they're not. I'm sure the rest of them are doing very well for themselves, but. I'm sure they are, yeah. But Timberlake had the big solo career. He did. So he really did. Yeah. So you know what? Um, let's have a little fun, shall we? Um, we have to bring in our good friends on this one. Guess who the good friends are? Our good friends in the chat board. Chat board. We have a very important question to ask you. Yes. Backstreet Boys or In Sync? Oh boy. Oh boy. 
And if you're not watching us live, jump down to the comment section below or tweet us and follow us on Instagram at, at the Superview Show and give us your answer there. And and you know what? We'll you know, and for those who like rock more, we'll give you another question. Pearl Jam or Nirvana? Pearl Jam. Okay, but Backstreet Boys are in sync. We will give you one minute starting. Hold on. Uno momento por favor. Um we will give you one minute starting now. I really have nothing to say. I'm not really a big fan of boy band. Okay, everyone's entitled to their own opinion. You are entitled to your own opinion, JT. That's fine. But yeah, I try. But yeah, so uh, anything else in the '90s? Do you think we touched on everything? Uh we touched on. We got one more we could talk about really quick. All right, let's hear it. And this will be the last one of the night, but we missed it when we started talking about alternative rock, but the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh, shite. I forgot. It's all right. Good thing I just remembered. So hear me out for a second. I'll, I'll go, I'll, I'll, we'll go on this one for a second, and then we'll end it for the night. The Red Hot Chili Peppers are honestly, in my humble opinion, a, an incredible band. I did just see them on their tour. Um, this year in 2022, I saw them on at the MetLife Stadium stop because it was the closest stop to me, and they were awesome live. One of the best shows I've seen, truthfully. They're in my top like five or six. Maybe, uh, no, top five or six shows. Like maybe number seven or maybe number seven are the best shows I've ever seen. I was floored by how good they played. They, they only played for like two hours, but I was completely fine with that because they, the energy that these guys still have on stage is insane. And Anthony Kiedis flee. John Frusciante, this though, about them. They were, they've been around since 1983 but they had their biggest success in the 1990s, which is funny. Their fifth album, Blood Sugar Sex Magic, is... That is an, can we just say that is an awesome name for a an for an album? album? Blood Sugar Sex Magic. It's a... It's a I, I, genuinely speaking, this album is just badass. It's it's funk rock, but it's also alternative rock. It's also other stuff as well. This album from start to finish is awesome. I love this record. It's their best record. In 1991, best record they ever made. Blood Sugar Sex Magic. You want to keep going in their career. They actually hit a low point in the mid-90s. They released an album called One Hot Minute. One Hot Minute was not that successful for them. But then, uh, in the midst of all boy band stuff, Bill, how can we forget Californication? Dreamer Californication. How could we forget Californication by the Red Hot Chili Peppers? This is one of those albums that came out in 1999 and had huge hits. Other side Scar Tissue. They played the three big hits of the album when I saw them, which I was very happy they did. And we'll touch on them a little bit more in the 2000s because they had major success in the 2000s as well which is crazy like for a band that was that old that old at the time they were still 
incredible. Um, putting out great content still. That was 2006. Oh, shoot. Well, we'll talk about that next week, I guess. We'll bring them up briefly next week because I'm trying to bring up them now. But bottom line, right now, Chili Peppers, guys, if you're not a fan, if you're not, get on board. Get on board the Pepper train. I agree. I, I like the Chili Peppers. Anthony Kiedis, I, I, I read his book from start. Their lead singer should be dead. I mean that because after reading his autobiography, the dude has he did so much drugs, so much, so, so much drugs and so much alcohol. He literally should be dead, but he's lucky to be alive. Really? It, he's done so much drugs those, and alcohol? Yeah. If you read his autobiography, it's it's frightening. It's frightening, Bill. It's actually if you. I, I might let. I might lend you the book called Scar Tissue. I might have to read that. It's 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 crazy. The stuff that he went through in his life. He has. You want to talk about someone who's lived a life? He's lived a life. So, I mean, drugs, sex, alcohol. You name it, the dude has lived life. And Flea is the same way to an extent. Flea is just an incredible bass player. Chad Smith on drums and John Fritchett. You got a great band right there. So, awesome. But, I mean, I think we touched a lot of stuff. That My brain hurts. Really, really, really hit the nail the coffin for a lot of stuff, which is great. Um, basically, if you like what you've seen here, subscribe to this YouTube channel. We do this every Wednesday night um, on our YouTube are, channel. And then it's uploaded to a podcasting later the, the next day. As we're on our road to 100. Yes. In a few weeks, in like two or three weeks, we're going to be approaching our 100th mixed bag show. We're, we're, we're working on getting a bunch of people on for that. So tune in come the week of October 10th. Uh, JT, it won't uh, be on a Wednesday night. It'll be on a Friday night that week. Yes. Do you want me to call the dancing girls for that one? Uh, yeah, sure, Bill. Sure. I'll get the strippers. Oh, God. Well, look, everyone, thank you so much for watching and listening. We're going to have a good morning. And, uh, but yeah, look, Bill, don't you have yes. a podcast? Sports Insanity Podcast on the Sports Insanity Network. Check us out on all platforms. And don't forget tomorrow night to check me out on Thursday Night Gridiron on SIN's U- on Sports Insanity Network's YouTube channel and and Sunday Sideline Report, also on the same one. Please check it out. Awesome. They, and I, I've said this before, I said it again, they do an incredible job over there. And I, I can't recommend them enough for all your sports needs. But I'm, thank you so much for 